This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. That is about as full of a slate of Christmas Day games as you can get in the NBA. Five of them in total, (laughs) two of them on our airwaves. Be sure to tune in for our doubleheader, which kicks off with Knicks and the Bucks, followed by Warriors and Nuggets. Coverage beginning 11.30 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin. Mike Rothstein with you on Unsportsmanlike, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Pleased to welcome in Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst. Perk, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. If you're only able to watch one of these games today, if somebody, if you had to pick one game for somebody who's got a full day of family, gift opening, dinner, the whole thing, which one would you pick? Well, well, first of all, Merry Christmas, Mike, Mike and uh, Courtney. Look, I'm not, I'm not. Listen, I don't want y'all to think I'm being biased here because I played eight and a half years and won a championship with one of these teams. But <laughs> the must-see TV is the greatest rivalry in sports, and that's the Celtics and the Lakers. You know, that's LeBron James and Jason Tatum, Anthony Davis and Jalen Brown. And this Celtic team that is the best team in the NBA with a Laker team in L.A. is must-see TV. Anytime those two teams match up, I don't care if it's in the regular season. I don't care if it's in the preseason. I don't care if it's at the YMCA. This is what we need to see. This is what the world wants to see. It's the Lakers and Celtics. So, so Per, considering that, what do you think might happen today with when they play? Well, well, I, I say this: if 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 Braun and AD don't have one of their quote unquote Kobe and Shaq type moments, this game won't even be close. I watched the other day the way that the uh, the Celtics handled the Clippers, and it was ridiculous. I mean, this Celtic team is too elite, especially when you talk about the perimeter play. We all know with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is going to bring to the table. But when you start thinking about guys like Drew Holiday and that damn Derek White, that's a problem. And the Lakers have a problem when it comes to to defending the perimeter. And when you have elite guard play, you could beat the Lakers right now. And so if LeBron don't go out there and do what LeBron does like he did against OKC, if Anthony Davis don't go and dominate in the inside like we know he's capable of doing this game. Won't even be close. Now I had a Lake, I had a Celtics winning, but if Braun and AD do their thing, then you know I could see it coming down the stretch, especially with the Lakers being at home, and they may be able to pull one off. That backcourt of Derek White and Drew Holiday might be the best, at least in the Eastern Conference, in terms of a defensive from a defensive standpoint. Going to be putting a lot of pressure up on LA's backcourt. It'll be the 18th time that we get to see LeBron James on Christmas Day, just about a week shy of his 39th birthday. We're talking with Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, here on Unsportsmanlike. I'm bummed because we're not going to get to see Joel Embiid today. The national audience is going to be deprived of seeing the reigning MVP because he tweaked his ankle against the Raptors on Friday night after putting up 31 points. Before we get into that matchup, I just wanted to start with what we're seeing from Embiid right now. Is this a sustainable pace for him going for his second straight MVP? 
And that's the question, Courtney. Like, and B, you showed us last season that you're capable of doing this throughout the entire regular season. And I strongly believe that he's going to finish the regular season off the same the, the rate that he's going right now. But it don't matter. Like, I don't want to discount his great play. But at the end of the day, we're waiting to see what Embiid does in the postseason. And the problem that we're having is the same problem that we're having today. He's not available. He's injured. And that was on my wish list for Santa Perkins to have a healthy Embiid in the postseason. Because a healthy Embiid in the postseason for the Philadelphia 76ers could actually take them to the NBA Finals. Like, Embiid at his best is capable, has the capability of being the best player in any series. And I, and I want people to realize this. I understand, I understand the, emerges, the emerge of Tyrese Maxey, but when you think about the others that they have on this roster, DeAnthony Melton, along with guys like Tobias Harris, along with Kelly Oubre, they have great depth. They have Nicholas Batum, a guy who's the ultimate 3 and D guy. They have a championship coach, coach in Nick Nurse who's not afraid to mix it up and for his in-game adjustments, you know, uh, throw different things out there that the basketball world has never seen before on the defensive side of things. If Embiid is healthy, I mean healthy, just give me 85% Embiid. You know, the 76ers really could make a lot of noise in this postseason. Perk, I, I want to stay with big men here because I, I, a couple weeks ago the Nuggets came to Atlanta. They played the Hawks, and I finally got to see Jokic play in person. And it was a completely different experience than mm-hmm. seeing him on TV. Do you think people, because of, you know, sometimes he looks like he's lumbering up the court a little bit, you know, he's a bigger dude. Like, do you think people don't understand the skill level that goes involved, that's involved with some of what he does because of, his size and the fact that he just gets a lot of tippins. Also, am I missing the boat here on that? You are. You know. You know what happens. You know what happens is this: because his game is not flashy, right? Yeah. Because it's not the between the legs cross or you know him having a forty-inch vertical. People get bored, right? But it's great basketball. Yeah. He's a great basketball player. He's going to go down as one of the best centers to ever touch the damn basketball. Already one of the most skilled as far as, you know, what he could do with his passing ability, along with being efficient around the rim and at the three-point line. But that's the problem that, that I have with the basketball community when it comes down to a lot of players, right? Just because they don't have, you know, the, the they're not eye candy, right? You look at a guy like you know, Jokic and a guy like Jalen Brunson, they never get the respect that they deserve because they don't have, like, the highlights and and they're not flashy. But at the end of the day, when you see Jokic in person, it's a whole, it's an entire different oh, yeah. monster. Oh, it's it's so impressive. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, my mouth is, I was like, whoa, he just, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins joining us here on Unsportsmanlike. We know the history, at least in terms of the matchups between the Nuggets and the Warriors. There's always some drama that comes down to the final minutes of both of these games. Three of their last four have been decided by five points or less, including the first time these two teams played 
earlier this season. We finally saw the Warriors win a game that didn't come down to that clutch time stat against Washington the other night. You expecting the same when these two teams face off or more of what we saw earlier this year? Well, you know what? It's, it's, I mean, it, it depends on the young guys, right? They're going into Denver. Denver has established over the last two years a great home court. The fan base is great. The altitude is on their side as well. And so when you think about Jackson Davis and you think about Kaminga, they're part of they're a big part of the reason why the Warriors have been winning games over the past ten days. Right? So now all of a sudden the stage is a little bigger. You're not at home, you're on the road. You're going against arguably the best player in the game in Jokic. You now you have to think, right, with that Denver offense, the cutting, the movement, you know, uh the ability to draw a foul. So now all of a sudden your IQ has to jump another level. You're playing you're playing the defending champions. And so now I'm going to be looking at those two individuals to see how they're going to hold up, if they're going to be able to anchor their defense, if they're going to be able to embrace the moment. We know what Steph Curry's going to do. He never disappoints us. Now, I'm not picking Golden State to win the game by no means, but if they want any chance of being in the game, it's going to come down to the play of Jackson Davis and Kaminga and how well they do in the interior. Very proud to see former Indiana Hoosier Trace Jackson Davis getting an opportunity <laughs> with the Golden State Warriors. A little bias there. I don't know if anybody's watching on ESPNU. You can see my Indiana basketball right behind me on my bookshelf. Uh, the game that starts kicks us off, though, this morning, which is Knicks and the Bucks. We know that the Bucks have already handled the Knicks a couple times this season. They've beaten them twice by a total of 29 points in those two in-season tournament games. How does New York compensate for some of the lack of size that they have to be able to stop Brooke Lopez and Giannis? I know they're dealing with a couple injuries to that center position. Where's the workaround here for New York? Well, well it's going to have to come from Julius Randle uh, with a little sprinkle of Hardenstein. But, again, people forget, R.J. Barrett is, what, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, He's going to have to do a lot as well for us helping out around that basket, rebounding, you know, uh, finishing in the paint. I think we put so much emphasis when it comes down to the Knicks. We always look at uh, Jalen Bronson and Julius Randle, and rightfully so. But the last time I checked, R.J. Barrett was a top-five pick. And so he has to deliver on a consistent basis. But if I'm the Knicks, one thing you have to realize about this about this game coming up, right? Tom Thibodeau is a is a prideful coach. Tom Thibodeau is a competitor. He's going to have the Knicks ready, right? I expect the Knicks to come out. They're going to be more scrappier, right? They're going to be diving on the floor for loose balls. Tom Thibodeau might get into his playoff bag a little bit, pulling out some tricks. But at the end of the day, in order to compete with that front line, of Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and Bobby Portis, they're going to have to get down and dirty. And those little fellas are going to have to get in and get scrappy as well. Perk, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for the time. Merry Christmas. I, I hope when Santa Perk comes back <laughs> out, those sleeves, maybe maybe we tailor them a little bit longer uh, next time we're on NBA Today. <laughs> Happy Perkmas. I agree. Merry Christmas.
that's the that's ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins. I his Santa get up on NBA Today on oh, Friday great. was just immaculate. Like loved every minute of it. I hope that in some form or fashion we're treated to that today on ESPN. Our coverage beginning eleven thirty p.m. eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time. Don't tune tune in that late. The games will be over. But that's over on the ESPN radio <laughs> and the ESPN app. Knicks and the Bucks followed by Warriors and Nuggets. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein, hanging out with you on this Christmas morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app on Sportsmanlike, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, anyone need a microwave? Plus, we've got three NFL games tonight, including the one that could end up being the best game of the year. We dive into that next here on Sportsmanlike, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's the big game on the NFL slate. The Monday night game, Ravens and 49ers, but it's not the biggest story of the moment here on Unsportsmanlike. Courtney Kern and Mike Rothstein <laughs> sitting in for Evan, Canty, and Michelle. We just found out. That in 2023, the year of our Lord, Pat Costello, our producer, does not own a microwave. (laughs) I don't know how he warms up his food. Apparently, this is, I don't know, we were just talking about have you been out of the country, and I thought it'd be very European of you to be living this lifestyle because, you know, I I don't, I would assume that they have microwaves over in Europe. I believe they do. They in people in other countries live in the modern times, but like you think about Europe, you think about how old it is, you think about cooking. Like Pat, maybe would be better suited to like be punted across the pond if we're not having a microwave. But like, how do you not have a microwave? It's incredibly easy to not have a microwave. Most no, it's not. Of, yes, it is. No, it's really not. False. Most of the things that you cook in a microwave, you could just cook on the stove or in the oven or find another thing to eat what like, about efficiency pat like do you have just ample amounts of unlimited time that you can just oh let me pull out my oven preheat it to 400 degrees i don't keep it in the closet <laughs> what do you mean pull out my oven for someone who has so many gadgets though like like peeling back the curtain here pat has an air fryer pat has a crock pot pat has a toaster oven pat has a, an electric stove those are four things. No, the toaster oven and the air fryer are the same. Okay. But they're Three still the things. same thing. How do you not, I just, how does, like, is this, are we weird? Most, like, is this weird that, like, I'm, like, this up in arms and, like, wanting to go no, 
I'm Amazon Prime pat a microwave for Christmas? The only time it comes up is when I need to like melt butter or something like that. And I'm like, ah, yeah, that see, that would be way easier with a microwave. Everything else I just cook in either in the oven or on the stove. It's right, very well, easy to not have a microwave. Very well, easy. All right. Well, but, but, but Pat, I'm very curious. Are you, do, are you actually a good cook? I'm a very good cook. Yes. Okay. So like, you, there's a pride thing here, right? No, no, it's 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 literally a space I thing. I just I'm, I'm trying to give you an out. There's I just don't have the thing. space. <laughs> Microwaves take up a lot of space. I don't have the space. I don't have the counter space for it, so I just don't have one. They're about the same size as like an air fryer or a crock pot, man. Yeah, and you can I, put it in a drawer. I don't have the I don't to. have the drawer space for it. I got. I, I don't have anything to say to this. Like I just, <laughs> Javante, do you have a microwave? Are you a normal person? <laughs> yes, I do have one. Okay. I actually, yeah. when Pat first said it, I was actually kind of like perplexed, like you two. But then after a while, I was like, I can see it. It makes sense. It's so easy. <laughs> it I promise. It's sense. really easy to not. Have I am a on Pat's side on this. Like, Javante, you really wait, wait, don't it, need a microwave if you like don't have space for it. Okay, so like when you're at ESPN and you need to warm something up, are you just conditioned to like not do it because you don't have a microwave in no, your I, own home? I use the microwave. I just don't have one. I don't. I don't. Do you not, say, I'm not okay, against do you save them. your micro? So what do you do with leftovers then? Yeah, or do yeah. You what never do you do make with leftovers? leftovers? I are heat you them like up in the oven. Leftover? No, I heat them up in the oven. I put them or, on a plate and put tin foil on them and heat them in the oven. You are. A 70-year-old man right now. I mean, like, break out my tinfoil and, like, wrap things in it and then just, like, toss it in the oven. I, I mean, I, I just... How have you lived all of these years without having a microwave? Well, like, I've, it's only been, like, a year since I've lived in this place, so... so, so Wait, so we you, had did you one have a microwave before this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, you, so this is—is is this a temporary thing? Like, if you move to a new place, are you going to then get a microwave? This isn't like a hard anti-microwave yeah, stance here. Okay. If I move to a place where I have more counter space and can put a microwave there, then I would. Okay, so you're but, not anti-microwave. No, you're I just, just I'm anti-microwave in your current setup because you have no room because apparently you have all the other things. Correct, and I'm not also just not going to buy one because I don't need one. Okay, well, Mike and I might be springing one, springing for one for you for either Christmas, for your birthday, for just, you know, having one and being a normal person. Man, um, the dumpster's so... going to get a great new microwave then. That's awful. Like, you That's not terrible. We would gift, gift you something, and you're like, you know Never what? Never mind. You're not giving Our me a gift. Our kindness is going in the trash. Javante, I'm going to gift you a Pistons win in February, okay? I hope so. We need it. <laughs> I mean, that'll be their third win of the year. It'll be big, big news for Javante. Yeah. By the time that that game happens, the Super Bowl will already have been played by the time that the uh, Pistons win a game. Uh, we might have a Super Bowl preview tonight. How about that for a segue? This Monday Night Football preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein with you here on Unsportsmanlike. So it's Ravens and the 49ers. One seed in the AFC, one seed in the NFC. And you think about how rugged this 49ers team has been since that weird three-game stretch where Brock Purdy was turning the ball over. They lost all three games. They hit their bye. They get healthy, meaning Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. And now they're on a six-game win streak. So since then, Jaguars win 34-3 on the road, no contest. They beat the Bucks 27-14. Seattle then loses at home to the 49ers, 31-13. Philly, we know what happened there. That was a demolition. Uh, Seahawks lose the rematch. And then last Sunday, they beat the Cardinals 45-29. I get why they're favored 
in this game. They are the most complete team in the NFL right now. They're probably the Super Bowl favorite. But, like, if I'm looking at these two teams trying to, like, handicap the quarterback matchup alone, I can't be crazy for thinking I'm taking Lamar Jackson, despite what's not around him in the same way, in, like, the similar manner of, like, what's around Brock Purdy of why that 49ers offense has been so successful. Well, there's a couple things, though, Courtney. First, they're playing at San Francisco. And that matters, right? Yes, it it's a cross-country game. Second road night. game in a week for the Ravens. They went exactly. from they go Jacksonville to, 40, to Santa Clara. Right. They week. go Jacksonville back to Baltimore, mm-hmm. then across the country. Like, that's a lot this late in the season. Guys are tired. Teams are beat up. That's part of it. The second thing is, like, again, we're doing the same thing that we talked about earlier in the show. People are discounting Brock Purdy. The guy is playing at such a high level. Yeah, he's not Lamar Jackson. They have completely different styles of games. So it's almost impossible to compare the two because of how they play. Brock Purdy has a little mobility, but not a lot of mobility. Lamar Jackson is a dual threat nightmare for opposing defenses, right? Mm -hmm. And he's playing at such a high level. I said it earlier in the show. If you look at most valuable and take it as value to his team versus everything else, Lamar Jackson should be the runaway MVP candidate. Be, but when if you look the Ravens, at this, if the Ravens win, right? Uh, I would say, but no. What I mean is that if you took Lamar Jackson, Courtney, off of the Ravens, got it, got it. They would be so far worse than if you took almost any other quarterback in the NFL oh, of off course. of his team, yeah. except no, maybe no. Patrick Mahomes. Hmm? Especially as the Chiefs are constructed this year. Sure, like that to me is is where. Lamar Jackson is just, he shows such as value because he's such a one of one unique player. Brock mm-hmm. Purdy is not that. He's more of a traditional, like, you know, quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's system. But he, for what he's done this year, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think Brock Purdy is once again maybe getting a little bit slighted because people still in the back of their head think, oh, it's just a Kyle Shanahan system, or oh, he was a seventh round pick. A seventh round pick can't be good. Take the draft pick out of it because the second a guy gets drafted, it doesn't really matter as much anymore. Yeah, I've felt that he's fallen victim to that just in terms of the MVP conversation. Like, I know he's two years removed from being the last pick in the draft in 2021 and excuse me, 2022. That's still far enough removed from that. An NFC championship appearance later and a team that's on a six-game win streak, you know, has the number one seed right now. A win only furthers their case that they're playing for a Super Bowl and everybody else is playing for runner-up. Like, he's done what he's needed to do. He falls victim to that, though, because, like, tonight, in in terms of MVP, you're going to get to see three candidates on one field. Now, one is certainly ahead of everybody else in terms of the odds right now in Purdy, but like Christian McCaffrey, if this game goes any other way other than the San Francisco 49ers like blowing out the Baltimore Ravens, which I don't think is going to happen, but if it goes any other way than that, that I think Christian McCaffrey, like if he has a bad game and that happens, like or he has a bad game and they lose, then that's going to potentially shake things up here as we go down the stretch. But you have an offensive juggernaut and you have – one of the best defenses in the NFL. I could say the same thing about the Ravens, but that offensive juggernaut part, aside from Lamar Jackson, just doesn't feel like it's consistent enough to where you'd be supplanting one one seed with another and saying that the Ravens are the more complete team in the NFL. Lamar Jackson has had to compensate for a lot of losses offensively. He's done a tremendous job without 
J.K. Dobbins, without Mark Andrews, but you just never get the consistent, can you count on Zay Flowers every game? Can you count on Isaiah Hodgins every game? Can you count on Odell Beckham Jr. every single game and what they do with their run game too? It's Lamar Jackson, and then it's everybody else offensively for the Baltimore Ravens. Would love to see him get some support tonight so he doesn't have to do it all in San Francisco. That's our Monday Night Football preview. That game coming your way to close out the Christmas Day slate in the NFL. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Straight ahead, the Giants are also playing on Christmas Day. They are traveling to Philadelphia. The Eagles trying to get out of this losing stretch in which they have unfortunately found themselves the last couple of weeks. I know Pat, without his microwave, is reeling at this moment with his Eagles in this floundering streak. We'll find out, though, on the other side of this matchup, the quarterback that the Eagles face today, Tommy DeVito, is he the future for the New York Giants? It's coming up next here on Unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You are listening to Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Evan, Canty, and Michelle are off until the new year, but you've got Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein with you on this Monday morning. A full slate of NFL games today, each with its own window. We've got the Chiefs and the Raiders kicking things off, followed by Giants and Eagles, and then the nightcap, a very good one, Baltimore and San Francisco. But we turn our attention to that game sandwiched in between the morning and evening game, which is that Giants matchup between themselves and the Philadelphia Eagles. Jordan Ronan, ESPN Giants reporter, joining us here on Unsportsmanlike. And I go back to what happened inside the Superdome and Tommy DeVito, in a way, falling back down to earth. Maybe that's not a fair way to put it because the expectations felt like they were influenced by the outside noise of how great this story is. But where... Where is DeVito right now gearing up for what should be a very difficult test against an Eagles team that has a lot to prove, Jordan? Yeah, happy holidays, everybody. It almost feels like uh, another Thanksgiving, right, with with those three games. uh, Mm -hmm. This is the game smack in the middle, and you got Tommy DeVito, and what it is is it's a huge opportunity for him, right? He already had that huge game against the Packers in front of a national audience, now another opportunity for him to kind of 
right, where, you know, where is this story going? Right. And last week was a tough week. They were on a short week. They played poorly. He got sacked seven times, didn't have a lot of time to throw, uh, didn't play a great game. But if Tommy DeVito puts together another really big performance on the national stage against the Philadelphia Eagles, a team, by the way, the, the Giants have won three of the last 16 games against Philadelphia. Oh. So Philadelphia owns them, right? Mm-hmm. So just imagine th- that, that what kind of opportunity this is for Tommy DeVito and his future. Like, is he good enough? Has he done enough to guarantee that he will be in a backup spot next year? Has he done enough to potentially get in a uh, position to at least compete for a starting job? So I think that's where it is. It's just we're looking at this game, and it's a huge opportunity with the Giants as massive underdogs for Tommy DeVito to really solidify himself, at least in a backup spot, maybe even get a potential opportunity to at least win a starting job next year if he somehow pulls off a miracle here late in the season. Jordan, you you mentioned a starting job here, and you mentioned a backup spot here. Obviously, Daniel Jones is part of this conversation, too. With the way the Giants Mm -hmm. have kind of done things with DeVito and then the way they weren't able to do things with Daniel Jones, does that call into question maybe Daniel Jones' future here and and whether he really fits in this offense? Yeah, that's that's the easy easy way to go, right, and say, oh, look what Tommy DeVito did and look what Daniel Jones did. Well, we have to be realistic. First of all, the offensive, the, not all things are created equal. You have to create context. Like Daniel Jones was playing against the Cowboys, the 49ers, uh, you know, like the, the Seahawks, like all winning teams basically, except for Arizona, which is the team that they beat. And Tommy DeVito is doing this against the Patriots, the Commanders, uh, the Packers, who are, you know, the best of the bunch there. But look, it, it, and at the same time, is. The Giants' offensive line at the time that that Daniel Jones was playing was the worst it's ever been. They have three of the five guys on their starting offensive line now weren't on the team in the roster at that time. Like that's how bad the line was. That's that's the shape that it was in at the time. So not all things are created equal, and I think it's I think you're looking at it. It's very short sighted, right? You say the things that Daniel Jones didn't do in the offense. Well, how come we're we're judging it off what? He actually lasted through four starts uninjured, right? Four starts and ignoring the 18 games, including the playoff win he had last year. So I don't think that's fair to Daniel Jones. Okay. Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Tommy DeVito. He can do more than Tommy DeVito. He has a better skill set than Tommy DeVito. Uh, they, they were not put in the same situation. So I, I don't look at it that way. I think some people from the outside or you know, might. I don't think the Giants look at it that way, most importantly. And they think that Daniel Jones is a starter next year, in part because he's owed thirty-five and a half million dollars. I'm about to say money talks, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we've we <laughs> got a lot of resources. Guaranteed. Yeah, all of those resources locked up into Daniel Jones. I believe that he will certainly be uh, getting an opportunity once he comes back and is cleared to practice coming off of the injury this season. We're talking with Jordan Ron on ESPN Giants reporter, kind enough to join us here ahead of Giants Eagles later this afternoon. Should I make anything about the weird snap count that's been talked about with Saquon Barkley last week in New Orleans? I think it was 31 Mm. snaps, like some questionable third downs that he wasn't on the field for. Is there anything to his usage here down the stretch? There is a little bit in that he has been phased out on third down. Oh, you know, in the last four or five weeks, Uh, last week in particular, the snap count, though the Giants, 
threw in a towel with nine minutes left in the game. So I think that contributes to it. But I think you are seeing a little bit of the Giants saying, you know, we have to see what else we have here. We don't need to use him 95% of the snaps like they were, you know, last year. So I do think there is something to it, potentially greasing the skids for the future, which might not include Saquon Barkley. I think that's that's fair to say. Um, but at the same time, Saquon Barkley is going to play a lot today. Just in third downs with the way their offensive line is, I think they feel like, why do we need to have him on the field in pass-blocking situations? Well, Matt Breda is probably a better, is, is a better pass-blocker anyway. So it sort of makes sense. Okay, here's where we could kind of give him a little, you know, a uh, little rest. So I, I think that's part of it, but it's also a little bit of, okay, you know, let's uh, start preparing potentially maybe for the future. I want to flip this a little bit, Jordan, before, because you're seeing the Eagles today. You've been in that in the NFL and the NFC East for a while. You've been in that New York Philly area for a while. What do you make of the buzz around Jalen Hurts' perception in the locker room? Yeah, that's interesting. You didn't expect that. I will say this. When he made that comment last week, I actually spoke to people in the Eagles organization about, you know, recommitting about the commitment for guys. It definitely opened a lot of eyes over there, even people in the organization. So I don't think that was, you know, an ideal move or the right thing to say, uh, especially when you're in this spot. But to me, what it does show is that whether he believes it or not, that you know, whether it's actually true or not throughout the whole locker room, that he believes it in some way, shape, or form. And that, to me, is a problem by itself, right? And how do you fix that? We're in week 16 of the season. If guys aren't fully committed and all in at this point, like, it's not going to self-correct in week 16. So I do think that the Eagles and Jalen Hurts have something is just not right this year. I don't think it's a long-term problem. It's something that can't be corrected. But I do worry that, when you look at the Eagles, at this, you know, this team is clearly not the team it was last year. Um, and Jalen Hurts is not the quarterback he was last year. Just look at the turnover numbers. I mean, what is he already doubled them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least in terms of the interceptions, for sure. And it's a weird spot for a team that's ten and four right now to be in, where you've got a switch in the defensive play caller entering last week's game. The offense feels like it can't find any sort of consistent rhythm. It's struggling to score twenty points. Yeah. Right uh, imagine that the three of us who who cover teams like ten and four would be like a Christmas miracle. Like you know, the teams <laughs> we've covered haven't been ten and four in forever, and they're ten and four, and they're like everything is wrong. The world is collapsing. <laughs> I've I haven't covered a team that won ten games, Jordan, since two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute for me too. Yeah, I'm two thousand sixteen because last year's Giants were nine seven and one. Yay mediocrity. Yay mediocrity. <laughs> Yay for Christmas football, though. We've got Giants <laughs> and Eagles coming your way for 30 p.m. Eastern time. Jordan Ronan will be there. He'll have you covered from all angles over at ESPN.com. Jordan, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Happy holidays, Mom. All right. Have a great show, guys. Yep. Happy holidays, everybody. It's on Sportsman like Courtney Cronin and Mike Rothstein with you on this Christmas morning. Straight ahead, the most unsportsmanlike move of the day or moment of the day. I've never done this segment before. I've got some ideas. You're going to not want to miss this. Pacastello might even be able to throw one in here too. It's coming up next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and yours. Hope you're enjoying some time off today. If you're working like us here at ESPN Radio, we are thankful that you're spending part of your morning with us. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein, sitting in for Evan Canty and Michelle on Unsportsmanlike. Almost time to get out of here. I don't have any gifts to open myself right now. I do have gifts, though, Mike Rothstein, that are going to be bestowed on people. You finally got gifts for someone. Way to go. It's not that Devon I don't Spiration. get gifts for people every year. It's just that I was a little tardy on the fastball this year to, like, you know, go out. I saved everything for the last minute. I love to live on the edge, as we talked about earlier today. <laughs> I did not buy anybody a microwave, though. Um, no. Maybe I should well, reevaluate my life choices. Should I just gift my air fryer to Pat? Like, I don't you, know. Well, no, he has an air fryer. We, I know, but, like, we, I just. We had agreed to buy him one, and then he yeah, said no, he would throw it out. Jerk. Yeah, um, I know, right? Like, by the way, your your Christmas shopping this year, the speed of it was like uh, <laughs> like a little leaguer's knuckleball. And little leaguers <laughs> don't throw knuckleballs, but I'm imagining if a little leaguer did, it would go 20 miles an hour. Like, yeah, not not good on you, Courtney. Slow and steady until I hit the part of the race where you sprint. And I did. <laughs> you know what? I didn't have to go to any stores. That is my best kept secret. I was able to. Fly through this. I got some really good things. So tomorrow you and I can debrief because you won't let me to say what I did on air, which no, is probably I don't a smart want... idea. Thank you for saving me for myself. Yeah, um, I didn't want you to ruin the surprise for your parents and for Michael. Like so that, that would be wrong. Like me, luckily, I'm Jewish. We did no gifts. My family is in North Carolina if they're watching. Hi, fam. Love you guys. No gifts are coming this year. Sorry. I'll, I'll make it up to you, I promise. Yeah, I mean, there's a so, whole off season. So what, you Courtney, you got your family was like tickets to Bears fantasy camp, right? <laughs> What is that? Pat up. <laughs> Why on earth would anybody want that? Is that just, is that just a quarterback tryout? I'm. It's Christmas. Let's be it's nice. high end scouting at Bears fantasy camp. You guys are awful. Um, okay, let's uh, let's end the show the way that we do each and every day with the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. I'm not actually sure if there's an open that I'm throwing to here, but Pat, no, since no, we played you it do already. this show, yeah, I did hear that on the way in. Uh, since you do this show every day, I'll give you the honors to go ahead and lead us off because I've got several up my sleeve and I need to save time for the end. Okay, well, mine is uh, something that happened earlier in the show when uh, one Courtney Cronin tried to describe the movie Die Hard. Here's what it sounded like. People get upset about it, though, because it's like an action movie and there's, you know, Nicolas Cage doing Nicolas Cage stuff. That classic Nicolas Cage movie, (laughs) Die Hard. 
<laughs> I apologize for that. I apologize to Bruce Willis, his whole career, his family, to everybody involved with the production of Die Hard. Tell me that that's not a pretty frequent, like, Freudian No, it's slip. not. It's no? definitely not. Okay, no. right. Absolutely well, Forget not. you guys. However, I will say, Nicolas Cage's Die Hard would probably be fantastic. Wouldn't that oh, be great? Oh, it would be great. Like, I, okay, well, I'm th- you know why I'm thinking of Die Hard and Nicolas Cage? Because I'm thinking of Con Air, because that came from the same time. That's a that's a common. Uh, that was like a ten year difference, I think. No, okay. I don't believe it was. I believe they were all '90s movies, which means that it's all. Die the same Hard was time. an '80s movie. I think it was a '90s movie. Uh, Die Hard came Google out in 1988. Oh, Con Air came uh, out in 1997. <laughs> see, ten year difference, nine. Uh, 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 I'll I give don't myself like any of you right now. Um, okay, yeah. So yeah, I, I take the L on that. That was a very. There, there were three moment. Die Hard movies before Con Air came out. <laughs> <laughs> there was a third Die Hard. There were like five what? Die Hards. There's a third Die Hard. I didn't know that. Did die it, Hard, that, Die Hard Two, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Live Free or Die Hard, A Good Day to Die Hard. Did, were the last couple like straight to VHS? No, those were, those were not in the movie theater. Yeah, they were. No, they weren't. Liars. They did not do well though, right? Um, I, I can't imagine. I mean, they stopped <laughs> I after five. They're like, no more of this. This is this is bad. Bad for business. A Good Day to Die Hard made three million or three hundred million in the box office. Oh my gosh! Oh so. wow! All right, I take okay. it back. Uh, sorry, Bruce. Don't allow me to ever speak on this movie again because I'll just continue to get things wrong. Um, no, I was giving you credit. I thought you were thinking of Face Off. Like <laughs> another '90s movie. <laughs> I definitely can picture the V. I, we have that at my parents' house. When I go up there today, I'm going to look for it. Um, I can picture the VHS cover. Of Face Off. <laughs> Face Off came out in 1997. Well, cool. well, we have lost Courtney right. to uh, laughter and. Uh, uncontrollable trying to figure out different Bruce Willis movies. Mm. The fact that, and you may have missed this over the weekend here, so Eastern Michigan got blown out in their bowl game against South Alabama, something called the 68 Ventures Bowl. 59-10. After the game, Eastern Michigan defensive back Corey Hernandez ran across the field and punched South Alabama cornerback Jamarian Burt, and it, it in the back of the helmet and it turned into a whole fracas and it was, it was uncalled for. And it was, frankly, you want to talk about unsportsmanlike, that is the definition of unsportsmanlike Eastern Michigan has since apologized. Uh, and frankly, if I'm Eastern Michigan, I'm, I'm having real questions about this guy going forward because yeah. it just seemed like it was completely out of nowhere and highly, highly inappropriate. That is not okay. Like, no, Remember we saw this something similar a couple years ago between Mississippi State and Tulsa in the Armed Forces Bowl where I think it was Ian Fitzsimmons of Amber and Ian was like interviewing Mike Leach and then the cameras all of a sudden pan out to like an absolute melee that was happening between the Mississippi State and Tulsa players where somebody stomped on somebody. I mean, that was incredibly uncalled for in literally the definition of unsportsmanlike sucker punching somebody. Yeah. Well, like, remember it happened. You should lose eligibility for fighting like that. That was just completely just nonsense. Well, I remember it happened in a women's basketball game too I earlier do. this year, the mm-hmm. Memphis Bowling Green game. Yep. Like uh, that, uh, there needs to be some level. Uh, listen, sports is, Courtney, we both know this. Sports is a very high, like, stress, high pressure, emotional environment. We both cover football. I cover boxing as well, where they're actually allowed to punch each other in the face. It's kind of the whole point. 
But this should not happen. Like, no. especially after the game is over, he's singing the, the South Alabama player singing his alma mater, and you ran all the way across the field. Like, I'm sorry, that is premeditated. That's not even handshake line stuff. Like in the Memphis Bowling Green game earlier this year, like that was premeditated. That's a big problem. Eastern Michigan's got to handle that. There's definitely some beef between those two that. Um... That goes outside the white lines in which they played in in that game. I hope everybody ended up being okay out of that. But yeah, no, completely unsportsmanlike, completely uncalled for, and not in the Christmas spirit by any stretch. Maybe nope. uh, maybe he's the Grinch. Um, Javante got one. Twenty six and counting. <laughs> it's not. It's not just unsportsmanlike. It's an albatross of a record. Twenty six straight losses. Are they ever going to win a game? Yeah, they'll, they'll win at some point, I'm sure, because oh someone gosh. will load manage their way to a loss. Yeah, that's, that's already happened. If you're going to be bad, you might as well be historically bad, like I mean, Guinness like Book the, of World Records bad. I feel like they're already on the way there. All right, um, speaking of losses or games, my unsportsmanlike moment of the day happened last night, and it was the Denver Broncos squandering their chances of the playoffs. I think that's like 2.9% now. But on the other side of that, Bill Belichick, who may not be the head coach of the New England Patriots next year, ended up hurting the Patriots' draft position, and they go from third to fourth in the draft order with that last-second win that they had over the Denver Broncos. We don't know if Bill will be there next year to make that pick or not, but we will stay tuned. And we will be back here tomorrow on Unsportsmanlike. Coming up next, Greeny with me, actually, and Aaron Goldhammer. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll see you Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.